This is Will Fuller, and you're listening to Roster Watch. Ladies and gentlemen, Roster Watch Nation, welcome back to the Epic Roster Watch Podcast, brought to you by RosterWatch.com. My name is Alex Dunlap, and joining me today is a new guest on the podcast. Never had him on the pod, never had him on the uh, SiriusXM show, but he's been talking with Byron behind the scenes about possibly doing some work together. Certainly looking forward to that. His name is Jared Smola. You can find him on Twitter at SmolaDS. He's a, a fantasy football analyst uh, over there. At Draft Sharks, Jared, what the hell's going on, brother? And good to be on. Uh, you know, enjoying the quote-unquote off season where things aren't as crazy, but you know, always lots going on in the football world. Looking forward to free agency here, um, some pro days, and then of course the draft. Yeah, man, uh, pro days are going to be pro days are going to be interesting too. We, we were talking before we came came on just about you know you live up there in the rochester area close to bill's camp um as we're starting to kind of at least kind of map out what's going on with our training camp tour and uh, certainly now it's just with the pro day tour we're just having to figure it out and fly by the seats of our pants about who's going to have media availability who's not going to have it and everything like that it's an interesting time for it but it, it feels like things are starting to get back on schedule a little bit and 2021 we're already looking ahead to the to the season as a, as a matter of fact you've already started with some projections uh season-long projections uh, you'll be releasing over there on draft sharks we of course won't give them all away but there's certainly some players i'm interested in poking around on all right, all right. Hey, um is this the ammunition section uh no sir let me send you over that way if, have, have you all been having a, a hard time with ammunition lately um, yeah, since about last April. Uh, four, 450 uh, Bushmaster, 6.5 Creedmoor? Yeah, those don't come in very often. Uh, we don't have any right now. Is, is there somebody there who I could talk to about? Is, is there an awfully long line every day for, for the ammo? Uh, yeah, we do have a couple people waiting when the, when the store opens in the morning, checking every day if there's ammo or not. Um, but we don't, yeah, we don't know if there's any coming tomorrow. I couldn't tell you for sure. Do you know what I can't tell you for sure is that I'm not sure that, I'm not sure that Oyvind Maya and his new staff in Jacksonville, whether or not they're going to like James Robinson. Uh, (laughs) All right. What about James Robinson? Whenever I think about Urban Meyer and I think about his philosophy, I know that this is not going to be, um, this isn't going to be something that just blows people's hair back and says, that's something that I, you know, I haven't heard or a narrative I haven't heard or something I haven't thought about, but it just feels like it's obvious, right? That James Robinson, I'm not sure he's going to be a guy that looks as good standing next to a quarterback. That's not under, you know, a, a quarterback out of shotgun doing zone read stuff. Um, 
I, I'm, yeah. I'm, 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 I'm not entirely sure. With that said, he did show a lot last year in the receiving game. Um, he showed a lot in the fact that he can shoulder a load and, yeah. you know, he was able to have just ridiculous volume last season is basically what well, he finished as a top, I think a top five or six running back is for, yeah. for fantasy purposes last year. When you have a new regime there, um, you have a new GM, you have a new head coach who's a, a de facto GM and a complete you know, power hungry uh, power monger. Um, I don't think I don't necessarily think that with a new quarterback and Trevor Lawrence and all the rest of this stuff, there's a lot of they, they have you know between 60 and 100 million dollars in cap space, depending on what they do. The, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Could they go out and get another running back? I mean, I, I guess I would probably, probably make some sense. But I think these guys are starting to realize, man, I got a good running back who's cheap as hell, who has shown that he can do some stuff this next year. I'm just not sure what a price. It's a real tough dichotomy for me to figure out. All right. Are they going to be from what I see? Are they going to be smart and say, and say, look, we don't got to pay a running back. We got a good one. He's cheap. Let's run the wheels off him. We showed he was good. If it's not broke, don't fix it. We have more important things to spend the money on. Or are they going to say, look, James Robinson's a, a power back. He's an eye back runner. He needs to, he needs a lead blocker ahead of him. That's the kind of way that he is. He can't create on his own. Uh, I'm going to be an old football coach mentality. And I'm going to say that we're going to need to get somebody in here that's more, uh, you know, that looks better in this type of scheme. What do you think about it? And how do you project it? Yeah. I think the nice thing with Robinson is that is, you know, Jacksonville is going to tell us how they feel about him. You know, that new regime is going to tell us by the end of the draft, we're going to know, you know, did they go out and spend money on a, on a, you know, high price free agent? Did they spend a, you know, day one or two pick on mm -hmm. a running back? So, you know, by May, we're going to know it's tougher if you're drafting, you know, between now and then figuring out <laughs> what to do with James Robinson. I, you know, he, he was, he was fine last year. If you look at some of the advanced metrics, he was good. He didn't blow the doors off. Like you said, though, he proved capable of handling a big workload In fantasy football. It's all about volume. So if he's going to get that volume again in what really should be a better offense with oh, Trevor yeah. Lawrence there yeah. with the receivers they have there, like if he's, if he's the guy there, you know, if they don't go add serious competition for him over the next couple months, he is an RB one. Um, I think you have to bake in some risk if you're drafting now, you know, for, for me, he'd be in the higher end RB two range. Someone I'd consider in like the third or fourth round of, of fantasy drafts. All right. Well, so, but what about, do you, do you, do you, do you have a projection on him? Like if, if, if you're projecting him right now, do you project him? Are, are you projecting in a, more of a workload split? Are you saying he's going to be 75% of what he was last year, 50%, 100%? Like how are, how are you forecasting it right now if you're, if you're looking at best ball leagues? How yeah. does that process work? Yeah, so I just pulled up my numbers on him. I have him for 227 carries for 990 yards and seven touchdowns. So you know, I, I definitely – and I have him for, what, 45 catches. Um, so, I, I again, I – baked in, you know, doing projections in early March is super tough. You have to, it, projections are always, you know, um, Oh yeah. <laughs> there's yeah, a lot of, they're hard. there's a lot of great, <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of gray area. And when you're doing them in March before for agency in the draft, there's even more gray area that we have to work around. So I, again, as you know, I, I definitely baked in some chance of Jacksonville adding someone who's going to take touches from him. If the, again, if that doesn't happen, by the end of the draft, then, you know, the, these projections are going to shoot way up. You know, I'll have them well above 250 carries. So whenever we – I just wanted to clarify from earlier, I said that 
uh, James Robinson was a top five or six in, P- in PPR. He was actually running back seven on a per game basis last year. So, I mean, so really, really good. It, if we can get 70, I think w- what I'm, what I'm thinking of that can make me a little bit bullish on James Robinson is if it literally, if we can, he's falling in like, I know we're talking best ball, but in like a dynasty startup drafts, he's falling to the mm-hmm. fifth round because people yeah. are just sure that they're going to move on from him just because he's an undrafted free agent. I keep thinking to myself, well, shit. I mean, do you, do you do you depend more on that or do you depend more on the fact that he's actually shown it on an NFL field that he's cheap as hell? If they're sharp, they'll, if they'll, if, if they're sharp, they'll at least see what they have in the guy. Um, what about, um, how about, how about this? Just maybe a few more running backs. What about miles Gaskin? What are you, what are you doing with yeah. this guy? I mean, I, I was having an argument with our, with one of our guys, Alan Seslowski earlier today about he needs to get him down in the dynasty rankings is what I was telling him just because yeah. of all this news that we're getting that Miami is almost certainly going to address the running back position. Are you high on it? It doesn't seem like you're that high on miles Gaskin. <laughs> No, and I mean, he's a similar guy to James Robinson in that, you know, he wasn't highly regarded coming into the league. Um, you know, Miami did not spend – Gaskin was a seventh-rounder, was he, yeah. I believe? Either sixth um, or seventh, seventh, I'm not sure. Yeah, and I mean, Miami has so much draft ammo. You know, they have the cap space. I think Miami is more likely to add you know, someone to come in and take Gaskin's job than Jacksonville is I mean, Gaskin's significantly cheaper. If you're you know hopping into any of these drafts right now, you know, he, you can get him in the seventh, eighth, ninth round. And in that case, I mean, maybe it's worth a gamble because if Miami doesn't add a rookie or a free agent, if they add a rookie and that guy just doesn't fire early and, you know, Gaskin opens the season as a lead back and there, there's some upside there, but I, I would, you know, if I'm betting, I would say Gaskin is not, you know, the Dolphins a lead back in, in 2021 here. I'm looking at the uh, best ball cheat sheet over at rosterwatch.com. And I actually just made a change on this thing as we're, t- as we're <laughs> talking with miles. I moved miles Gaskin down. Would yeah. you rather, would you rather have chase Edmonds? Uh, yes. w- with the fact that Kenyon, uh, what is it about? Is it just because you think Drake might be gone and we've just, we've seen in small samples what he can do. It's a better offense, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, exactly. I think Edmonds has a better chance to be his team's lead back than Gaskin does, even though I, I wouldn't be surprised if Drake comes back to Arizona because he had a pretty disappointing season. I'm not sure how much love gonna, there's going to be. Yeah. yeah, I'm not sure there's going to be much love for him. So, he, you know, he might just end up, you know, re-signing with the Cardinals on a cheap one or two year deal. Um, or maybe Arizona just says, you know, we're, we're kind of done with you. We're going to hand it over to Edmonds, see what he does. It's going to have to be a cheap deal. I mean, the set, the yeah. fucking salary cap went down. Like yeah. this isn't going to be the if, if he does. I think that a lot of these free agents, man. Something to keep in mind is a lot of these free agents, if they do want to get their big deal, especially the position like running back or something, we're going to see a lot yeah. of these guys have to take one year kind of cheap deals to get you know yeah. to to get back going next year. Uh, some more guys here, and how how much have you watched the rookies at all? Have you watched them at all? Have you watched Najee Harris and Travis Etienne at, at least as far as those two guys? I um, mean, yeah, I've watched a ton of Alabama and Clemson games just, you know, on, on TV over the okay. past couple of years. So I've seen a bunch of them, but I, I, I'm not going to start digging into the rookies until next week, actually, when I get these uh, all these projections done. Well, but just is, is there a, is there a point in these drafts whenever you would say, like, you know, yeah. now I'm here at James Robinson or I'm here at Miles Sanders or maybe uh, David Montgomery or Clyde sure. Edwards-Hilaire, where you would say, you know what, man, um, if I'm playing in best ball tens where the rookie class is available to me, I'm just going to go with Najee Harris here or just go with Travis. Yeah. Is there like, whenever you're doing your projections, is there a spot wherever you can kind of identify where, um, 
where maybe you yeah. say one of these one of these newcomers is probably going to come into a better projection than this, even though I don't know exactly sure. where he's going yet. Yeah, so I've actually done a handful of drafts already at FFPC. I'm not sure if you're familiar with sure. them over there. Wow. Um, yeah, they they, you know, they have the best belt best ball drafts up and running. Um, so, you know, the, the rookie backs, Harris and ETN tend to go, you know, you, you could see him slip into the early third round. Um, I think you, usually they're going in the fourth. Sometimes they'll fall to the fifth. Um, you know, that, that feels about right to me. I, I think, I mean, both those guys are what I locks to be top 50 picks. Oh yeah. Yeah. Probably yes. top 40 picks. I mean, yep. that, that fact alone makes them pretty safe bets to get volume right out of the gate. I mean, you know, rarely do you see teams spend that type of capital on a running back and not, you know, sort of make them the guy right out of the gate. I, I think Harris and Etienne are both talented enough to, you know, be productive right away at the NFL level. Je- Javante Williams is the guy that's more interesting because I know a, a lot of folks have him sort of in that same tier as Harris and Etienne. I think, you know, the, the general public might not see that yet. So yeah. Javante Williams, you know, he goes in the fifth or sixth round mm-hmm. of these drafts right now. He, he's probably the best value among the rookie backs right now. Right. Because, because with, with, with Najee Harris, you're going to have to forego, like I said, a James Robinson, a Miles Sanders, maybe a Joe people, people are going to be low on Joe Mixon this year. Mm-hmm. Um, I love Mixon. Do you like him? Like, <laughs> yeah, it, it is. is it just because you, you, I mean, we, we bake in the fact that, well, they're, they're going to have Jonah Williams with another year, right. you know, he'll be healthy. They're probably going to draft Penny Sewell just to protect Joe Burrow. I worry a little bit about Joe Burrow being back on time and if that's yeah. going to affect the entire offense. But I mean, talk about, talk about mixing. Are, are you higher on him than, than consensus? I am. And I really have been since he came into the league. I just, I, I think he's like a top five talent at running back when he's healthy. I know just things have just gotten in the way for him almost every season. Like either the Bengals suck or he's hurt or, you know, whatever it's been. Um, he just hasn't put it all together yet though. You know, I, I, I think he has, you know, a top five fantasy season in him. He got awesome volume last season before he got hurt. And he was averaging like 20 carries and four or five targets per game. Um, you know, the burrow injury is a concern, but if he's healthy, you know, that, that offense, there's no reason it should take another step forward this season. So you're talking about a guy who's going to get, you know, 300 plus touches on a pretty solid offense. I, I, I think Mixon is, is still a top 12 fantasy back to me. Do you, do you prefer him to, to, to JK Dobbins in the same division? I do, uh, you know, strictly talking fantasy. Dobbins yes. is someone I'm. Dobbins is someone I'm going to be lower than consensus on, which I hate because I love the player. You know, the, the situation is good, and that you have a run-heavy offense and you know, a, a great running game. I'm not. I'm not. I don't see any reason to think that Dobbins is going to get the passing game volume that he he needs to be. You know, even like a top fifteen running back. You know, Lamar Jackson just doesn't throw to his running backs, and that, that just. That's been the case for the past couple of years now. And we'll see what happens with Gus Edwards. Like, I, I think Greg Rowan prefers, you know, some form of committee oh, of backfield where you have two guys involved. So I, I just don't think Dobbins is going to get the volume to, you know, pay off where he's going in these drafts right now. We go to those Baltimore Ravens training camps ever since Ozzy, I guess ever since Ozzy Newsom left. I'm not getting my people mixed up. Yeah, ever since oh, Ozzy, right. ever since yeah. Ozzy left, they've opened it up to um, <laughs> the Sirius XM fantasy. They used to not allow it because it was fantasy. It was, it was like the yeah. only team that didn't. But they've been super cool recently. And we've always said, man, leaving there, like it's, it's a weird feeling you get that they really value Gus Edwards. Um, they 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 talk about him like he's a really really good football player. I think he guess I guess he kind of is a pretty good yeah. football player. Um, but but I, I think it's interesting what, what you were saying about Javante Williams. Uh, 
because you know we mentioned the J.K. Dobbins, the Joe Mixons. These you're going to have to forego one of the like the opportunity cost to taking a, a Najee Harris is going to be more along the lines of one of those guys at the top end, maybe on the bottom end, a guy like David Montgomery or Clyde edwards Lair are the kinds of guys you're going to be foregoing. Whereas in the the wide receivers you're going to be foregoing as well are going to be like the Keenan Allens or maybe you know a season long an AJ Brown or you know an Allen Robinson when people are worried about where he might go next year. Mm-hmm. Whereas you know if you're going to be taking a Javante Williams, it's like you're taking him over like Chris Carson or Melvin yeah. Gordon or, you know, wide receivers that have que- kind of question marks like Will Fuller or Tyler Lockett or the, you know, these kinds of guys, you know, Javante Williams, the way I have him slotted on the cheat sheet, it's like, you can, you can, I feel like you can probably get him pretty safely based on what I've done. It's probably around pick, pick 53 to 58 if it's a if it's a, a non-tight end premium i know that the ffpc ones you've been playing in are tight end premium so it, it could be a little bit different than that but that to me feels maybe i think i'm with you i think that feels a little bit more safe to take a guy like that in the uh in the more like the kind of fifth round yes. than have to take a guy like um Najee harris like into the in, in into the third um or even middle third really yeah. i mean, i've seen i've what it's it, it's crazy too. you get into these drafts man by by the end of the fourth round it, it's really that montgomery Najee harris etn kind of tier once those guys are gone man the running back is just there. there's nothing to get excited about so it's really javante williams and for me you, you mentioned him i think melvin gordon where he's going in, like he's like a sixth or seventh rounder i know he's not exciting yeah he's but, you know he you look at his contract he, he's locked in as Denver's lead guy. And we'll see if Philip Lindsay comes back. He's Even a, if he does, you know, yeah. Gordon's going to lead the way as he did last year. Um, you know, again, he's not sexy, but as a sixth or seventh round pick, you know, Gordon's going to give you a pretty nice, like RB two floor, especially in these basketball drafts. He just, you know, get you 12 to 15 points a week. I mean, you say it falls off after those guys and it really does. Let, just let me ask you, let me, I'll just, I'll name some names. You stop yeah. me when you tell me a guy that you're like, ah, yeah, I wouldn't mind that guy as a, as a, yeah is a, a flex in a league where let's say where I start two running backs and I got a flex. This is going to be my normal flex every week. Uh, what about Ronald Jones, Leonard Fournette, Raheem Mostert, James Connor, uh, uh, Damian Harris, Chase yeah. Edmonds. What are, what about probably AJ, those are, what about AJ Dillon? He'll, he'll yeah, be gone I mean, like before then. What do you, do you think AJ Dillon? Are you, are you buying the high? People are talking about him. Like he's going to be a second or third round pick. Once this thing's all said and done, if Aaron Jones leaves, do you, do you think yeah. that's the case? Um, you know, that, that'd be too rich for me just because I, you know, we have no idea what he can do in the passing game. You know, he, he barely did anything in the passing game at, at Boston college. And I, I, I would, if, if green Bay loses Aaron Jones, I would think they re-signed Jamal Williams. And, you know, he, oh, he'd be, yeah. the, he'd, be yeah. the, he, he'd be the, he'd be the, he's, he's a guy that's interesting. You can get him in the double digit rounds. Um, if he, if he comes back to green Bay and Jones is gone, you know, you could see Williams catch like 50 plus balls. Cause again, I don't think Dylan's going to do that. But I, I do think Dylan will be the lead, you know, ball carrying back there if Jones leaves. So, you know, he, he'd be like a third or fourth rounder for me at best. Um, that one guy you mentioned in that list, Raheem Moster, and I'll throw Jeff Wilson in there too. Um, I, I I think Shanahan might just ride with those two guys in that backfield this coming season. And we know that's a super productive running game. Both those guys have flashed, you know, most of it really has been good every time he's got a chance with the Niners and Jeff Wilson was good down the stretch last season. So th- those are two guys I like taking shots on, you know, in the seventh, eighth, ninth round of these drafts. 
Whenever you're doing your projections, you said you're from Rochester, New York, which I believe, you know, the craziest fucking thing about New York, man. I look at a map. My daughter's six years old. And so, and she loves maps and she loves like learning the States and stuff like that. And we do a New York map and it's wild how much of a fucking state you guys got outside of the little, (laughs) outside of the little, uh, the little part of, you know, the little part of NYC that we all know so well. It's like, it's like, it's a whole state that goes off to the West and up to the North and stuff. Um, and so you, you, and that's where Buffalo is. You're kind of up by that yeah. area. Is, 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 is Rochester the capital of New York or no, that's, that's, that's Albany. Albany. That's Albany. Yeah. Anyway, you're uh, close to Ro- Buffalo. Rochester is between Buffalo and Syracuse right on Lake Ontario there. So we get all the, we get all, we get pounded with the lake effects now. I'm sure it's beautiful in the summertime though, huh? <laughs> yeah for like three months right uh all right that's all that's all prelude to saying you live near the bills what are you a bills fan you know doing fantasy football man i it's hard to be a fan well, did you grow team, up a bills fan did you grow yeah, up I, I mean fan? i mean my wife my wife's a big bills fan so you know if, if they win she's happy i'm happy all right so what so what how did you project zach zach moss and uh devin singletary their split coming up this year. I mean, is there any value to be had in this running game at all when they throw the damn football on, at, on, on I mean, every play? Can they really throw it as much this year as they did last year? I got to think they, they run it a bit more. And I, I also, you, you had Josh Allen accounted for such a massive you know percentage of that team's touchdowns. I think, you know, some more scores will go the running backs way. I, I think they're, I think Buffalo's almost kind of done with Devin Singletary. Right? I mean, he, he was losing time to, what TJ Yeldon mm-hmm. late in the season, like yep. when Zach Moss was hurt. So I, I kind of think Moss is going to get a shot to, you know, not, not be a feature workhorse back, but you know, to, to be you know, maybe two thirds of that backfield. Um, he, you know, he's super cheap in drafts. He's available in the double digit rounds. A lot of times it's a good offense. I mean, it, it would not be surprising if we're sitting here next year and Zach Moss scored, you know, eight, nine, 10 touchdowns, just, you know, being the lead back on, on a solid offense. That'd be you know, something he, he, else. That'd be yeah, something I mean, he, else. He's, yeah. He's someone that's definitely worth, worth taking a shot on. What, what about just, all right. Uh, one more running back question. I want to ask you a couple of things about, uh, about receivers. I'm, 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 I'm mindful of your time and um, don't want to, don't want to harp on it too long, but like, was there anything, and I know I'm putting you on the spot here. If you don't have a good answer, it's fine. But is there anything as you were doing the running back projections that's kind of stood out to you and said, you kind of said, damn man, like I wasn't expecting that to be that high or that to be that low or any, anything like that. Yeah, a couple. I mean, one one of them again is Melvin Gordon. I just think he, for where he's going in drafts, he he has such a safe workload. Um, I, I think you look in Detroit, and I know not a lot of people want to invest in the Lions' offense right now, and I get it. But I mean, DeAndre Swift could be in for huge volume. I think he's kind of kind of locked into a big role in the passing game. Like I, I have him projected for over sixty catches, and Whoa, you know, we'll, okay. we'll see. We'll see what That's they great. we'll see if they bring back Adrian Peterson and what they do in the backfield. But I'm mean, I don't know. He could get 250 carries too, and if that's the case, you know he, he's a, a fantasy monster. And you you know that Dan Campbell's such a caveman too. He just wants to run the <laughs> shit out of the football, right? Uh, so. for, for sure, for sure. All right, what about wide receivers here? Um, do, do you think that I just I look and see, and I just maybe I'm just a sucker, and I just can't I just. Whenever I see Julio Jones going as like a yeah. you know a, a middling wide receiver too, I just start to think like Jesus man, like how how am I going to pass on this dude yeah. in the fourth or fifth round of my draft? What do you think about the Atlanta guys? Clearly, you know you you got to rank Calvin Ridley ahead of Julio at this point, but um, yep. what do you think of that dichotomy? So uh, a couple of you know general thoughts on Atlanta. One, I love the Arthur Smith hire. You know, I I love what he did with that Titans offense. So it's an offense I am high on, one I want to invest in. 
my question is, are, are they going to draft a quarterback at four? Um, Cause if they do that, it adds a lot more unknown. Now, you know, the guy they draft, if it's, you know, Zach Wilson or Justin Fields, I think the offense will be fine under those guys. Who knows when that guy takes over for Matt Ryan. So th- there is some question for me with that passing game, but yeah, you said it with Julio Jones, man, if you can get him in like the fourth round, yeah, he, he, he's going to miss games, but he was still a top 10 receiver when he was healthy last season. You know, he was still top five in the NFL in yards per route run. Like he, he's still an elite receiver when he's healthy. I think that injury risk is, is more than baked into that, you know, third, fourth round price price tag. So I mean, he's, he's definitely someone I'm interested in in these early drafts. What about going a little bit later than Julio? Do you have a preference between the two second year guys that are going fairly close to one another, C.D. Lamb and Brandon Ayuk? Do you have a do you have a feel between those guys about which way you would lean if you're having to draft now? And let's just say not for dynasty, but for a season long yeah. best ball aspect. Yeah, so my gut tells me C.D. Lamb. I'm pulling up my projections, though, to see who I actually have higher. I have Lamb for about 1,000 yards and seven touchdowns. I have Brandon Ayuk for 930 yards and six scores. So my my numbers say C.D. Lamb, which, again, um, is kind of what my gut was telling me. I I still think he's the better wide receiver, um, and I think he's in really a, a much better, more voluminous, more efficient passing game there in Dallas. So it'd be Lamb for me there. If you're having to choose now before we get to free agency or before we know what happened with these two players, would you prefer to take a gamble on Will Fuller, or who we, who we know will miss one game next season, yep. um, but who has the chance to um, – if he's not with Deshaun Watson, who he's a monster, he was a monster with last year. Now, will he stay yeah. a monster when he's not on not on steroids? I don't know. Um, <laughs> with when you have him, and then you have also the maybe a chance. Like there's always there's been this creeping talk of him ending up in Green Bay that always just kind of keeps me a little bit um, keeps keeps me a little bit on on board with <laughs> my continued interest in Will Fuller. I was glad I was yeah. interested in him last year. It paid off last year, even though it was frustrating to end the season. Um, and then I look at Kenny Galladay, and these guys are going pretty close to one another right now. Um, sometimes you have, sometimes they're right next to one another in the, in the draft yeah. queue, and it's a, it's a pretty tough binary choice for me because Kenny Galladay, we don't know where he's going to be. If he's, you know, they could, I guess they could maybe franchise him, and but if they do, he's stuck up there with Jared Goff, who's shitty. <laughs> um, what are your thoughts on those two guys? I I, I find yeah. it to be a pretty tough decision. Yeah, I've heard the franchise tag talk for Gallaudet too. I've heard they could franchise tag him and then trade him. Yeah. I, you know, I think staying in Detroit wouldn't be the worst thing in the world because yeah, it's not going to be a great offense. Yeah. Goff has his issues, but man, Gallaudet would see a ton, ton of targets if he stays in Detroit and assuming Marvin Jones 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 is out. Yeah. There, you know, there'd be, it'd be Gallaudet and Hawkinson there and and Swift, I guess. Um, so I, I I would lean towards Gallaudet among those two, you know, potential free agents. I, I think he's a slightly better talent. He has, you know, less injury concern, even though he did miss, a bunch of time this past season. And as you mentioned, he doesn't have that, you know, one game suspension to open the season. Are you, are you in on, um, I, I know I talked about him earlier, but just another, I talked, we talked about this team earlier, but another second year guy, uh, are you in on LaVisca Chenault in Urban oh, yeah. Myers offense? Oh yeah. Definitely. <laughs> it's just, it's just, yeah. Just drop Definitely. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> everyone, you know, Chark, Chark goes ahead of Chenault in basically all these drafts. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't, I, I prefer Chenault. Um, you know, I, what he did as a rookie in that, um, in that anemic offense was pretty impressive. Um, you know, he has that rushing upside, which is so huge. Like I think about Robert Woods, like people underrate Robert Woods every year. Cause he runs for like 200 yards and two scores every year. And people don't, you know, right. factor that into his 
value. I think Chenault's going to be similar. So even if Chenault and Shark post similar receiving numbers, I think, you know, Chenault's going to outscore him in fantasy because of some of that rushing stuff he can do. do you, just, I'm, I'm just kind of looking here at a guy sort of that I had, had trouble kind of ranking above LaVisca Chenault. Maybe I, what about Juju? Do you have any ideas on, on mm-hmm. him? Do you, is, it just, is it just hard? Cause we don't know where he's going to yeah. end up. And do you, do you have maybe a landing spot for him that you would like? Uh, no, no landing spot off the top of my head. Now he's a, he's such a tough guy to evaluate. Like he, what he did as a rookie and into his second season, you know, just super impressive. You know, it, it was alongside Antonio Brown though. And you know, since Brown has left, Juju hasn't been the same guy. And I know that was largely two years ago because of the you know, crappy quarterback play mm-hmm. in Pittsburgh. But he, even last year, you know, Chase Claypool and Deontay Johnson were just better. They're you know, more efficient, more yards per route run than Juju Smith-Schuster. So he's a t- I'm curious to see how the league values him, you know, how big a deal he gets. And of course, where he lands, um, he's a guy I've, I've just been staying away from in these early drafts, just cause I have a lot of question marks about him. That's fair enough. I have, I have some question marks myself about uh, just transitioning to a couple of, a couple of tight end questions here be, before I get you out, Jared. One, one, once again, Jared Smola from Draft Sharks. Why don't you tell them, uh, before I ask these, t- these two tight end questions, tell the people where they can find you once again. Tell them where they can find you on Twitter uh, and what you have going on. You said you have some things coming up over on Draft Sharks yeah. just, just, just this week. Yeah, it's uh, at Smola DS on Twitter. Then, yeah, Draft Sharks, we're going to have our full 2021 projections up next week uh, we'll have our mvp board up which is you know basically your, your customized cheat sheet sort of your, your drafting tool that's you know, that'll be loaded with all the projections so if you're hopping in any of these you know early drafts whether it's on ffpc or elsewhere i think it's going to be a big advantage to, to have that stuff and then also starting next week we're going to have our uh, rookie profile uh, series kicking off you know we're going to you know, have in-depth breakdowns on you know 30 to 40 of the, the rookies here uh, before the draft so you can you know, sort of get a get a lay of the land is this the fishing department? Yes. Uh, I was interested this year in getting involved in the white bass run. I, I saw it in the Texas Parks and Wildlife email newsletter today. They said we were going to get a white bass run. Uh-huh. What kinds of bait should I sh- sh- should we be using for the white bass run? You can use quite a few different things. You can use uh, plastic baits that look like little grubs, you can use uh, marabou jigs, you can use minnows, you can use worms, you can use slab weights. Do you catch them back in the creeks or do you catch them in the open water? More more so back in the creeks. Now, do, whenever you go out fishing on the white bass run, um, do you think, now Dr. Fauci said uh, we would should wear two masks until Christmas 2024. Um, do you have to wear them in in and possibly goggles? Do you have to wear a Do you have to wear a mask back in the creeks? If I'm six foot away from somebody, I don't wear one. And if you were in a twelve team dynasty league, how would you feel right now about Darren Waller? Do, do you think he's a sell high in in, in dynasty after his big season? I uh, don't follow it. Darren Waller from the from from the Las Vegas Raiders. I don't follow. It's a tw- it's a twelve team super flex. Don't watch it. If I have any more questions, do you have uh, do you do you have a cell phone number that I could call? Your personal cell phone uh, number. No sir. <laughs> uh, what I'm not sure about is Darren Waller. I don't know if he can continue this. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, is he is he 
overvalued right now. I mean, if you're having to look at taking Darren Waller and the what, thir- th- I mean, I've seen him go with the three, four turn in some of these. And in the FFPC, I'm sure he's going even higher than that. <laughs> He's going. He's going in the end of the first round in FFPC drafts. Um, I, I I can't pull the trigger there. I I tweeted something out this morning, basically saying I'm I'm still taking George Kittle or Darren Waller, and it it kind of blew up. And I think there there's definitely more Waller fans out there, you know, versus Kittle. And 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 the ADP will tell you that you know Waller is going ahead of Kittle. I I think Waller isn't. He's 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 an awesome fantasy tight end because you know he's basically a, a jacked up wide receiver. You know that we get to play at tight end. I think he definitely belongs third, but I'm still taking George Kittle. I mean, George Kittle has led all tight ends in yards per route run in each of the last three seasons. And and I know there's some injury risk there, but I mean, at, at this time a year ago, people were debating George Kittle versus Travis Kelsey. Like, and you know, Kelsey was obviously the answer there, but t- to me, Kittle's still the, the clear cut number two tight end in fantasy. I mean, it's not even a question for me. And honestly, if I was in a dynasty league, I might want Kittle more just because he's young. He's younger. Yeah. I mean, Kel- Kelsey was, was is Kelsey 32? Kelsey, I think he's 31. Even Waller is pretty old. I mean, he obviously bounced around. He had Travis his- Kelsey was born in 89. So he, 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 yeah. he will, tur- he will turn 32 during the season. Whereas right. Kittle is going to turn, Kittle's going to turn 28 during this next season. So Kittle a little yeah. bit older than I, than I thought. I thought he's more like 20, tw- I, I kind of thought he was more like 26 or 27, <laughs> 28, regardless. Um, I do, I do agree with you. I do prefer George Kittle to Darren Waller and basically all, all the formats. And if I was yep. clearly, if I was a real NFL team, I, w- I would prefer him just for his blocking and everything sure. he brings in, in, in that area. Uh, what about Tyler Higby? You, you went on Tyler Higby, uh, no, no Gerald Everett, maybe, uh, maybe no Josh Reynolds, Matt Stafford is a much better quarterback. Um, yeah. We saw Tyler Higby from the right. end, of, end of 2019 look like a recoming of Rob Gronkowski. Can he get back to maybe 75% of that, you think? Yeah, I mean, he, he showed us the ceiling, so that, that's always exciting. Um, he's cheaper now than he was in fantasy drafts last year, and people were excited about much. I, I still can't believe he did what he did down the stretch in 2019, and then he just sort of went back to like a bit player yeah. in that offense um i even, thought the genie they, was out of the bottle i'm like what the what, right. what the hell i mean how how they, they gave him, to this guy yeah and they gave him a pretty nice contract you know i think it, it might have been prior to the start of 2019 even though he's making a pretty uh pretty penny there and you know like you said gerald everett a free agent i don't expect him to be, to be back so i think this is the year to buy in on higby where you know, sort of everyone's cooled on him after a disappointing 2020 i i t- totally totally agree he's a guy who i'm getting more and more interested in is there Besides him, one last thing, any, any tight ends as you've done your projections that you say, man, like as far as the the projection I see on this guy, he's just going too late. He's going too early. What do you think? Yeah. One guy that sticks out to me is Hayden Hurst. Um, Again, mentioned Arthur Smith, you know, he obviously a former tight ends coach. Um, He got, he got nice production out of the tight end position in Tennessee. It was frustrating sometimes because we always wanted to be John Smith and it, it would be Anthony Ferkser and, and <laughs> McCall Pruitt. McCall um, Pruitt so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited. I'm interested to see what else Atlanta adds to the tight end room. If they add another guy who could, you know, kind of vulture Hayden Hurst, I'll have to tap the brakes a little bit. But for now, I think Hayden Hurst, um, you know, he's a guy Atlanta spent quite a bit on to acquire last offseason. You know, he, I think, had more hype going into last year. He was decent last year. But again, I think, I think Arthur Smith could sort of unlock Hayden Hurst this season.